This is The Political Scene, and I'm David Remnick. Earlier this month, E. Jean Carroll won an unprecedented legal victory. In a civil suit, Donald Trump was found liable for sexual abuse against her in the mid-90s and for defamation in accusing her of trying to pull off a hoax. But no sooner was that decision announced that the former president turned around and repeated his attack, using the same sort of defamatory insults that we've heard and grown so used to over the years. And he played it for laughs in his recent live interview on CNN. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings them up and within minutes you're playing hanky-panky in a dressing room, okay? E. Jean Carroll has now filed an amended complaint based on Trump's continued statements about the case. I spoke with Carroll along with her attorney, Roberta Kaplan, who is known for her work on sexual violence. So on May 9th, Donald Trump was found liable for sexual abuse and defamation in your suit against him. And not a day later, in Trump's inimitable fashion, he called you a whack job. And he made fun of you about what had happened to you during a CNN town hall broadcast around the world. Tell me about watching that or experiencing that and what you felt. Uh, Well, David, um, the happiest day of my life was on May 9th. Robbie and I uh, stood in that courtroom and heard uh, nine jurors um, respond that we had been telling the truth. And the moment of joy was so incredible. It was like a new um, a new world uh, had opened up uh, to me. And I think Robbie sort of felt the same. We were both fl- just ascending. We have a great evening. We walk back into the office. Champagne is flying. Music is playing. We are literally dancing and tears of joy flying out of people's eyes. The next day, we are just getting used to being so happy in a new world. And uh, I was so tired from being happy. I was in (laughs) bed when CNN uh, started with the former president. And Robbie sent me the transcript of what Trump had said. And it was, it was a plunge from the heights down to the depth. It was an amazing experience. I mean, the ride down was so swift and so sure. Um, you, know, you know, it's easy to make an assumption that in the Me Too era, certainly since the Uh, Harvey Weinstein reporting and so on, which, by the way, Robbie Kaplan knows quite a bit about these cases, that people take sexual assault more seriously, and yet you heard this laughter in the crowd, and then you read what you read on Twitter. Now, life is not Twitter, and the full population of the the United States was not in that room with Donald Trump, but it is numerous. Um, Were you surprised by the reaction? I was stunned by the reaction because it was not a slap against me. It was a slap against almost every single woman who was hearing him. Every woman who's just been merely pinched 
or uh, uh, grabbed, and then the guy laughs and denies it. Every woman uh, hearing him saying those terrible things about me, I'm sure they they felt as they were hurt like I was. Now, Robbie Kaplan, you have filed an amendment to a separate defamation lawsuit that's still pending. Can you explain the, where we are legally? Yeah, it, it's complicated, so let me try to do it as simply as I can, David. Um, when uh, E. Jean wrote her book, and an excerpt uh, from it was published in New York Magazine, uh, Trump responded almost immediately with what we call a three-day defamation rampage. Uh, kind of classic Trump, he ramped up the rhetoric each day, saying cooler and more vicious things. And those were the statements that we originally sued him for defamation about. Um, that case, which is just limited to that defamation, we filed in the fall of 2017. And because he made those statements as president, or he was, te- I, let me withdraw that. I would not say he made them as president. Because his job was president when he made those statements, um, it's gotten wrapped up in some very complicated technical issues about whether or not the Depart- Department of Justice should be the proper defendant, whether the case should be dismissed uh, because you can't sue a sitting president for something he does as president for defamation, et cetera. And it's been on kind of a, a Dickensian uh, three-year path through the federal court system. And, and it's still pending, um, and that case is now before Judge Kaplan. The second case, which we call Carol, affectionately call Carol 2, which was the case that was just tried, that was for the underlying assault because New York passed a law that allowed women now to sue for assaults that happened um, outside the statute of limitations. And two, classic Trump, during the course of the case in October of last year, he made another defamatory statement and we added that to the case. So that's the case that was just tried and we reached the verdict in it was the underlying assault, which the jury said was $2 million in damages, and the 2022 defamation, which the jury said was $3 million in damages. But we still have Carol 1, and if you think about it, it makes sense, that's where the damages are highest, because that's the first time he said this stuff about her. That's when it really damaged her reputation. That's when she lost her job. That was an advice column in Elle magazine that was discontinued. Yeah. And so that's the case we want to go forward with before Judge Kaplan. And now we say we also on that case get punitive damages now because he kept on doing it. If anything, it's hard to imagine something that would better justify punitive damages than the defendant continuing to gauge in the tort. Robbie, what sort of timeline can we expect as this moves forward? Do you expect this to also go before a jury? Yeah, but it will only go before jury, as I said before, on damages. So the question about whether right. Donald Trump's statements are defamatory, that's not been decided. He can't relitigate that. But they, a jury will be able to decide damages. Now, there are some people that ask, why pursue legal action? Do you think that it's ever going to change Donald Trump? How will this move the needle either societally or where, where it comes to Donald Trump, who's now the front runner? in the presidential race on the Republican side for 2024? Well, let me, let me just, I, I, I'm no political expert, so I can't speak to the politics of it. I, I can say things that I think we proved by a preponderance, but I think even by a higher standard in this trial. Uh, one is that Trump is a liar. Um, he lied about Eugene. He's done it now several times. He continues to do it. And he has a pattern in which he lies, the way in which he lies, 
which is he gets more vicious and more resolute and nastier over time. And we saw that in terms of the three defamations now or the three different times he's defamed Eugene. I'm sure they'll continue before we get to a jury again. And the jury saw that. They saw the videotape of his deposition where he was clearly lying. And they concluded that he was a liar. One of the things I said in my closing argument is you have in order for Trump to win here, you have to believe that he's the only one telling the truth and that the 11 witnesses that Eugene put on, they are all lying. Well, we know which way the jury came out. They concluded that Eugene and the 10 other witnesses were telling the truth and that Trump was the liar. Eugene, I have to ask you, one of the more famous quotations by Donald Trump in the beginning of his presidential uh, campaign was that even if he shot somebody on Fifth Avenue, he could get away with it. Maybe I'm paraphrasing it, but that, that, that's more or less the quote. Do you think that era has ended with this decision in court? I think we're ending it. Now, it's just not Robbie Kaplan, me, and the nine jury. I think people are starting to recognize that when Donald Trump defames someone or when Donald Trump lies, uh, people tend to believe it and they act on it. So, hence, they attacked the Capitol when he said he won the election. Uh, they attacked me because he said uh, I'm a liar and that, uh, you know, the horrible things. Um, and Robbie Kaplan has figured out the one way to stop him is to make him pay for lying. And um, if he were made to, uh, to pay for shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue, I don't think he would have shot him. Uh, money is precious to him. And Robbie is going to go get some of his money for his lying. So what you're saying is that this is his moment of comeuppance. <laughs> I think it just may be. Now, Trump did not appear in the, in the courtroom in the last trial, and his lawyer did not call a single witness. Robbie, how unusual is that, and how do you think that might have affected the verdict. It's unbelievably unusual, uh, David. In a civil case, I don't think I've ever had a civil case where no one from the defendant shows up. Um, I think we all know why he didn't show up here, because I think he thought, and his lawyers definitely told him, he would be in worse trouble if he showed up. Uh, but to have an empty seat at the defense table is unprecedented, at least in my lifetime, and, and the jury definitely saw that. Um, e. Jean, on, uh, in great contrast, Testified, I think it was for almost three and a half days, uh, three days, about two and a half to three days, um, calmly and unbelievably patiently uh, took questions that were really, really hard to answer. Mm -hmm. um, and so the contrast between her standing up there, sitting up there, having taken an oath, patiently answering Joe Tacopino's questions and Trump not showing up. And then the only way they saw him was on video when I deposed him at Mar-a-Lago and he spent a lot of the video just insulting both me and Eugene, uh, the contrast could not have been clear. You were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall. Not, I, I look at her, I see her, I hear what she says, whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. I would not, under any circumstances, have any interest in you. I'm, being, I'm honest when I say it. Uh, she, I would not have any interest in. Do you think, Robbie, that the that Donald Trump, um, considering his history, 
will follow the judge's instructions and amp down the rhetoric directed at E. Jean? Because it doesn't seem so. No, I mean, not in the near term. I, I don't think he will. I don't think he can help himself, honestly. I don't think he has enough frontal lobe uh, development in the frontal lobe of his brain uh, to do that. Um, on the other hand, he, the one thing is, Eugene said, he understands his money. And at some point, he'll understand that every time he does it, it's going to cost him a few million dollars. Uh, and that may make a difference. Although a few million dollars is a trivial sum for him. Well, that's what he says. We'll see. I'm not sure that he's got millions of dollars liquid lying around to, to pay the judgment here. While Donald Trump continues to trash talk you in the, in the ugliest way imaginable, He's been fundraising off of the judgment in this lawsuit. What does that say about the country you live in? Well, I love this country. I, I, I love how the, how the federal court worked. I loved how the jury worked. I love it. I hate to be all positive about this, but I think we've made a difference. I really do. Um, I really feel it. And I don't care what a blowhard he is and says all those terrible things. Um, I think we're convincing people. I really do, David. I Although really his do. poll his poll numbers continue to thrive. And there's a certain segment of the society that uh, listen, a lot of people don't like women. There's a lot of women haters in this country. I hate to go this route, but you're uh, you know, um and if there's any little thing that Robbie and I and the nine members of the jury um can do defending our truth and letting people know that yes, Donald Trump is a liar, and he dragged me through the mud, and he ground my face into the dirt, and yes, it happened. I think we can turn just enough women and men at the polls to make sure he doesn't become the next president. I'm, anyone who knows me would not tell you that I'm someone who's known for my unbridled optimism, to say the least. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but there was one thing about this case that was very hopeful to me, probably the most hopeful thing. And that is, and, and Trump, so another thing he lies about, lies about this. Th this was not a avocado toast eating jury. Um, we had six men and three women. We had one person from the Bronx, one person from Manhattan. All the rest were from north of Westchester. All nine jurors unanimously Hearing the evidence in a court of law according to the rules and with a judge who applied the rules fairly found what they found. Now, the, the trick here is the world in social media, as you pointed out, David, is not a courtroom with the rules of evidence. And so I don't know how to kind of expand that out. But it was very hopeful to me that this particular jury, which is, you know, not a New York City jury at all, not no one from Brooklyn. <laughs> it just wasn't a New York City jury that they found and that they, and they only took them two and a half hours. That's, that was probably the most shocking part of it to me. Now, Eugene, you're pretty frank about your political uh, distaste for, for Donald Trump and wanting to see him defeated. And one could hardly blame you on any level for saying that. But I have to ask you, Robbie, does that present you a problem as, as a lawyer? Well, so one of the arguments that they made in the case, in fact, their, their main defense in this case, and it's, it's because they didn't have a better one, is that E. Jean, Lisa Bernbach, her friend, who she told at the time, uh, who's a journalist, Carol, who wrote the preppy handbook, Carol Martin, who was a TV journalist for many years here in New York City, that they all got together at some point 
because they hate Trump so much that they decided to make up this lie about something that happened in 1996 and really hatch a conspiracy to bring him down. Um, and, and none of our witnesses, we were very open about this, not a single one of our witnesses was a fan of, of Donald Trump's uh, politically or for any other reason, but that didn't change the fact that they were all telling the truth. Um, and so I think the jury, I'm not sure, I don't know to this day whether any of the jurors voted for Donald Trump. I'm pretty confident that they are all, some of them probably like things about Donald Trump. Uh, but when they saw the evidence and when they saw the witnesses taking a, an oath and testifying there on the witness stand, they believed them and they did not believe that they were just willing to go and, and kind of lie and, and help Eugene and hatch his conspiracy just because they didn't like Donald Trump as president. Eugene, I, I have to ask, no matter how the, the rest of this case goes, whether there are uh, damages recovered or, or, or not, I want to ask about your life now. How's your life changed after the verdict? And, and how do you go on? What's, what, what's it going to be like? Well, I just uh, uh, adopted a new dog, a Great Pyrenees, the most moral of all dog breeds, the <laughs> most moral, just the most wonderful dog. She's right here, Miss Havisham, Sham for short. She's just arrived. Uh, my life goes on. I, I live in the country. I live, as you can see, in a tiny cabin. I will go on living in the tiny cabin. It's on an island the size of a mattress. It's in the mountains. Uh, but one thing has changed. I am going to dedicate myself to somehow figuring out a way uh, for the women who uh, don't have my platform to hold men accountable. And Robbie and I are going to put our heads together. We're, we both are getting these letters. We've said we're going to figure out a way. Um, and, uh, David, that's how my life is going to change. Uh, I'm a crone. I'm an elderly woman on a mountaintop. But I think we've got a few good years left to figure out a way to bring, well, to end the culture of sexual violence. That's what I want to do. E. Jean Carroll had a long career as a journalist, and she just filed an amended complaint in her lawsuit against former President Donald Trump. Roberta Kaplan is her attorney. You can read our coverage of the suit at NewYorker.com.